What's up, fellas? Uh, we're still really excited about our 500,000 downloads. Uh, we almost still can't believe that. So uh, we're still excited for that. Thank you guys for all of that. Uh, also, just as a reminder, coming in the last week of June, we are doing our RTP Hot Summit for Offensive Line Coaches, which, again, if you watch it live, is absolutely free to you guys. 18 to 21 of the best offensive line coaches, college and high school offensive line coaches in the country. So excited to bring that to you guys as well. Um, all of our premium members on our website, we're adding uh, a little bonus clip for you guys um, under install. So you guys go check some of that stuff out. It's about 30 minutes of it, but uh, it's some good stuff in there for you guys. Uh, you guys sign up for our standard or our premium memberships. Uh, standard's free. Premium only costs 12 bucks a month, right, which is uh, we think a, a great deal. We're never going to raise it like uh, some other places do that, that aren't football sites, but uh, it's $12. It'll always be $12, and we think we've got great content on there for you guys. Uh, it is for us anyways when we get really tired of, of not being around football. So hopefully you guys are enjoying that on our website, runthepower.com. This episode of RTP is brought to you by GoRoute. GoRoute is offering a spring ball special exclusively for our RTP subscribers. Between now and April 15th, the first eight subscribers of Run the Power who purchase a GoRoute system will be eligible to receive a $700 discount off their package or receive two additional units added to their package at no cost. All right, a $700 value. To take advantage of GoRoute Spring Ball Special, go to GoRoute.com and request a, qu request a quote using the promo code RUNPOWER19 in the comments section. Okay, so again, uh, go to GoRoute.com request a quote and in the comment section uh, enter the promo code runpower19 uh, you guys can learn more at goroute.com uh, email sales at goroute.com or give them a call at 866-777-1448 just mention us or runpower19 uh, to get your discount uh, of $700 this episode of the podcast is also brought to you by sideline power Sideline Power is the industry leader in coaching communication. Offering cutting-edge technology and innovation, Sideline Power helps coaches around the country elevate their programs to the next level with new and used headsets, end-zone cameras, drones, portable sound systems, timers, and much, much more. Sideline Power works one-on-one -on -one with some of the most influential coaches and nationally ranked programs in high school football. They continue to help coaches push the envelope of player and program development. Throughout their expansion of their product offering, Sideline Power has remained committed to offering quality coaching communication at price points for every program. They're family-owned and operated with a customer-first mentality. Sideline Power is truly the number one choice for coaching communication. Visit them at sidelinepower.com, at info at sidelinepower.com by email, or give them a call at 800-496-4290. This episode is also brought to you by uh, Guardian Caps. Both of our programs uh, at Broken Arrow and Ankeny invested in Guardian Caps this year, and we feel that they are really helping our guys out. Uh, they're soft shell helmet covers that reduce impact during practice and are used by over 100 colleges and 1,000 high schools. Texas, Clemson, Oklahoma are just a few of the colleges using them right now. Check out our show notes to see what Coach Lincoln Riley has to say about them at OU and to get some pricing. Uh, and they're actually a lot more affordable probably than you guys would even think. Uh, go check them out at guardiancaps.com. On this episode of RTP, we talk with Anthony Stone. Coach Stone is the quarterback's coach at Boylan Catholic High School in Rockford, Illinois. Listen as we talk with Coach Stone about his playing and coaching career, writing two books about football drills for youth football, and running his own camp development business for youth football. 
You can follow Coach Stone on Twitter at Coach underscore Stone underscore MT and at www.CoachStoneFootball.com. Hope you guys enjoy. You have no idea how much snow we got. It's ridiculous. <laughs> like, yeah. there's no way I would have just called in sick. It's got to be a lot because uh, I know Walls Walls was out today too. Uh, for you guys to get out, it's a it's a really big deal. Where in Oklahoma, if you get about a half an inch of snow, it's closed mm-hmm. for uh, the week. For the week? Oh, it's it's down. People are losing their minds. It's um, it's the real deal. Any snow that sticks on the roads, it's over. Oh yeah. my gosh! That's, They've got that's like hilarious. four four trucks that can clear snow. So, are you serious? Yeah, they get like they get like ten of the major roads, and then the rest of it's just solid pack. So, usually back in the cul-de-sacs and where people are living, it's it it actually does get pretty bad because they can't get back in there and clear it. Oh my gosh. See, we have, I want to say, you know, don't quote me, maybe, maybe two feet high, maybe. Jeez. I mean, I'm just guesstimating. I mean, I know it was to my waist when I got to the mailbox, if that makes sense. Oh, dude. So, and then my neighbor next to me, they have a car that they parked. I literally had to ask him, hey, you don't mind moving it because once the plows come in tonight, because the plows haven't even hit our streets yet. And we've been we've been canceled since four thirty in the morning. Jeez. Yeah. Well, that's what uh, like Walls was telling me today. He was like, um, "Yeah, I, I was like, well, what are you gonna do since your day off?" He's like, "Oh, I gotta shovel out the driveway, but I think my neighbor's got an automatic one or or whatever it was." Yes. I was like, <laughs> I, was like I, I wouldn't. Harper doesn't it, even know what to call. That's a snowblower. Harper. <laughs> I've got no clue. And if, it, if it were to snow here, I'd have to just use our actual shovel. Uh, and, and try to get it off the off the uh, street. We had uh, teachers using credit cards to get their uh, ice melted, uh, like to get their stuff off their the ice off the front windshield because <laughs> they didn't have uh, scrapers. I'm like, what are you thinking? <laughs> so being an only male teacher, I'm like the one doing. Like the one teacher comes over, and goes, "Do you mind doing all the ladies' things?" I'm like, "Yeah," because mine's not done yet, and you know, <laughs> I'll be more than happy to. You know, it's okay. So I got a scraper because I got I get up early in the morning, so it's still cold enough to where um, I got to get rolling in the morning. So I do have a scraper, but if the uh, if the driveway gets snowed over, I think it just has to stay snowed over till it melts. Oh my gosh! Come on, man! <laughs> it's it's that, or I use my uh, shovel that I use in the backyard for for uh, I haven't used it in a while, but to put dirt down in the yard. Well, you know what we're gonna have to do for Christmas next year. We're just gonna have to send them a, a shovel. <laughs> a, sho- a shovel and a picture of my big monster truck snowblower. You're, you're, you might think it's a golf cart. Yeah, I would have no idea. <laughs> my mom had one when I was younger. My mom had one. I used to have to shovel. Uh, you know, if it snow once a year or once every other year, I'd have to shovel mine in, in the neighbor across the streets. But um, I don't have one now. I haven't hadn't, hadn't had a need for one yet. That's hilarious. That's like when I bring out a boombox for my uh, class when like all the technology shuts down in our building. <laughs> Kids have no idea what it is. And like teachers, I don't. I, I ask a teacher, I'm like, how do you guys not know how to teach? Because they like the smart board goes down and their like internet goes down. It's like they they all like panic. That's I'm right, like, it's over. Yeah, well, I'm uh, like, there's a dry erase board. Just have fun. And they're like, <laughs> what's that? 
<laughs> I'm like, I got like four of them in my in my gym. I'm always writing on them. So. Or you, have, or you have the old school teachers that still want to use like the the acetates on the overhead projector. Oh my god, those are my favorite. Like, hey, I still got these. I still got these acetates. I go, I don't even know if there's an overhead projector in this district. <laughs> we we we. I have one in my office just in case we need it. But <laughs> like, like it, a CB radio. Oh my gosh, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Man, I don't know some some things we should do. Like, a, you guys should do a podcast where you like bring out these uh pictures of these items and see if these kids know what they are that actually would be pretty funny i remember one time i was <clears throat> i went up to colorado state and we were going to work uh a camp up there so we just kind of do some preliminary things with the staff and make sure we had parking all that mm-hmm. and sonny lubick's in there watching film and the only reason i knew he was in there because i could still hear the of his vcr like oh oh that's a great I have my, my, my highlight tapes are on VHS, right? <laughs> Kids at school and my son and my four daughters, are, my, well, not my, my three daughters are always asking, Dad, can we watch you on film? I'm like, yeah, let me go get the VCR downstairs. I'm like, what are you talking about? What's that? <laughs> and then I pull out the VHS tape. They're like, what the heck is that thing? I'm like, that's what we used to watch movies on, kids. And they're like, what about those little CDs you used to have? I'm like, those were after the VHS. And then I showed them the other thing, the beta tapes. I don't know if you guys remember those. They were like Absolutely. eight millimeter tapes. Yeah. And they're like, what about that one? I'm like, oh, yeah, there's some on there, too. And they're like, Dad, how long has CD's been around for? I'm like, son, I don't know, like the 90-somethings? I don't know. <laughs> so I remember, I remember Dad watching film, and he, got, he was really moved up uh, when he was at VHS because he, um, he had a remote for his VHS that had a spinning wheel on it. So oh my he gosh. was he was really feeling it. He got the, he had that at the house, so he could he could rewind it uh, with his little spinning wheel on his remote. I always thought that was super cool. Oh, the the days of electronics, I'm telling you guys. <laughs> but ever since I've been coaching, uh, it's all been on uh, it's all been on huddle and and haven't had to do haven't had to meet anybody to drop off film. I remember him doing that. Um, oh, I did. That I haven't too. had to do That's any awesome. of that stuff. Meeting them at the gas station or on Highway 55 or whatever. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and then I loved it when they didn't give you the right tape. So then you had to drive all the way back. And yeah. I'm just like – and you couldn't check it because at the time you couldn't plug in a VCR, a VHS in there or something like that. I mean – Or you, you, uh, they'd get the, the tape copy, you know, where they taped over all their friends' reruns or something, you know. And, <laughs> and it's all, like, jacked up. Yeah. <laughs> the inner cuts are like Jennifer Anderson. <laughs> someone shows up in the middle of the tape. You're like, what the <laughs> – Uh, or when you open up the vh the the vhs the vhs tape and like it's like because you said you guys you rewind it real fast it's got like it's it's straight and then at that one corner it's all like roughy so then it looks like the video goes in and out every time you watch it (laughs) oh the days of being a ga those were great (laughs) well coach let's go ahead and get it rolling um how we start this is, is let you just introduce yourself um, and, and kind of about your football journey and, and where that's brought, brought you to now. My name is Anthony Stone. I'm a physical education teacher in Rockford, Illinois. I teach at uh, Rockford Boylan High School in Rockford, Illinois. Uh, I was quarter, I'm the quarterback's coach and the offensive box coach. Um, I also have my own company now since uh, 2017 called Coach Stone Football. Luckily, my, uh, my better half, my wife, named my company after it. And then um, – you know, in my journeys, I've been an um, uh, international coach. I've been a national teams coach. I've been a college coach, a youth coach, middle school coach, high school coach, indoor football coach, 
in all my years of coaching, I've also played a uh, little youth football, middle school football. Also, I've also played collegiate football, and I very was fortunate to play indoor football in the CI. Uh, I'm sorry, UIF. And uh, the claim of fame I have is I have my own trading card. So if you guys do find it, find it rowdy or uh, Brady, I'll give you guys uh, twenty bucks because I think I bought them all when they all went on sale. So <laughs> you know, that's pretty much my thing. I, you know, besides being an author too of books of you know the big four, my back to the basics drill manuals. Um, that's pretty much my football journey per se, I would say guys. How different was it, uh, in indoor football? Uh, we've got a, my head coach at Broken Arrow, he coached, uh, the Talons. Is that right, Walls? Yeah. Tulsa Talons. Yeah. He coached the Tulsa Talons and, and talks about, you know, some of the different, obviously a, a lot different as far as I think with theirs, they only had three linemen. Um, yes. and, and it was almost, you know, he had talked about if you're down by enough towards the end, it's like you want to even let the other team score. That way you could score and maybe, I don't know, I never made a whole lot of sense to me. But um, it, was, it, was it quite a bit different, uh, the indoor, at least, at least like how you even thought about the game? Yeah, I mean, like, you know, personally myself as a player, you know, when I made it, I was thinking, oh, this is going to be awesome, right? And, you know, I played so far back, you know, to look at my age, we didn't have – you know, we, the run and shoot was almost the thing out by the time when I was playing. But, like, I was always in 21 personnel. I would love to be in a 10 personnel right now. And that's what it kind of was with the three linemen. And the one thing is I learned right off the bat is you can't scramble in that league playing quarterback. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very hard because the first time I did it, I got flipped over the wall. It was great. I mean, it was so awesome. So, and learning from Ryan and Ben Stanky, the guys that were starting over me, because one, one played in the NFL, Ben, and then Ryan. Ryan was really good quarterback. And, you know, the one thing I've noticed is the game is super fast. So, like, with a pre-snap read, you're, like, pretty much out of shotgun. You're catching. You're throwing it right now. I mean, you're not even – you're not even – once a guy gets that motion, once you start that motion, you're gone. You know, and, you know, watching, like, the weekend's games with the Chiefs and stuff with the loudest stadium, of all, like, in the world, like, it's literally you, you hand clap. You know, that's one thing that I learned that I didn't do ever when I was a former player in collegiate or high school. I never had to worry about the loudness at the stadium, you know, but like an in indoor, that's some things. It was really hard to adjust with the loudness, I would say, and just throwing the ball really fast. And if you have a slow release, don't ever try out for indoor football. It's not for you. <laughs> I'm you right now. I, I mean, I saw some guys that tried out. It was just like, you know, you're throwing a hitch, and I'm not lying to you. If you don't throw that hitch right when you touch it, like you, you catch that snap and you're throwing it. And I mean, you might throw that thing and it looks like a UFO coming out of you. If you don't do that and you just stop and throw it, it's going for six the other way very easily in the league. Hmm. I, always, I always enjoyed the indoor game. We, we coached at, uh, at Augustana, and okay. half of our defensive staff was involved with the Sioux Falls Storm, and they were really, really good at Oh, the they're time. really good, yeah. Yeah, so I mean – <laughs> they probably played you guys a few times. I'm sure. I don't know if it was the same league. We'd, we'd always just kind of go to the playoffs, but it was a cool way to, you know, cause the season always kind of matched up. You'd play your regular fall season and then the indoor season would kind of start in the winter time, you know, after the season was done or, and roll into the spring or the summer. So they could always kind of do both. Yeah. So it, it, it kind of added an extra stipend for a lot of the coaches that were on Augustana's staff, but it was cool because, you know, those players would always be around the offices and you'd be talking defense or talking offense with those guys. But what a fun game to go watch. I mean, I, I, always, I always thought it was really, really cool. And I went to some of the Barnstormers games here, but 
you talk about like competitive and, and hard hits <laughs> and trash talk. I mean, it's it no, one, is, no one talks about that with concussions, right? They don't yeah, talk about true, indoor true. football. Ever. I mean, I mean, I mean, <laughs> yeah, they, they, they never let it their head. Right. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, the, the yeah. Sioux Falls was, we, well, we played Sioux Falls and I don't, I don't think we ever beat them. And they, and I, I know you say they were in the playoffs. I, I think they were in a championship every time I remember back in the day. I yeah, mean, they, they were a really it. good team. Yeah, they won it every year. They had their their quarterback was uh, was Terrence Bryant, and he played at at Oregon State, lefty, you know, and in could run a little bit. But that but that league was a little bit different than like Arena One or the one that that Tulsa were in, because it seemed like you'd see a little bit more run game, whereas like the original Arena Ball was just like you're throwing it every single down. The only time they ever ran it was when they handed it off to, you know, the 270 pound running back that they had because he had to basically be you know another offensive lineman pass protector. Yeah, and the but jackbacker would always have to stay in with arena football. Yep, four, there was, it was four guys, right? Four guys would have to stay in. In, uh, in arena, I think it was. I thought it was always yeah, at least three to four to five guys would have to stay in. One linebacker always had to stay in the box with that fullback and things like that. Yes. So yeah, if if there was a back in the backfield, he had to stay, right? I think that's kind of the rule, something like that. But something you know, like that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it seemed like it changed all the time. But then you'd have. You know, the, the two – your two edge guys on defense were always just, I mean, screaming pass rushers. And then usually everyone had a freaking, you know, soda machine at nose tackle because you should mm-hmm. get on the ball inside. And then they had that jack backer that literally never got touched because there wasn't a lineman to block him, you know, unless the – Correct. The block him. But in, in some of that, you would see actually like some zone read, you know, because you could block three guys and then maybe read an end. So, like, I was, I was interested because you're like, wow, they actually – have a little bit of run game that they use in this form of read a ball. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think it was pretty cool. I mean, when we, when I, when I got done playing in the UIF, they, the following year, they went to the CIFL and that's when I started coaching. Cause when I stopped playing, they were like, Oh, what are you doing? And like, you made a great comment with Augustana. I was coaching arena ball. I was playing arena ball. I would be coaching and then I'd be playing arena ball and then I'd be yeah. coaching again football. <laughs> and then I would be, coaching arena ball and it, it was like did it for like i did it for like four cycles and it was pretty insane doing it yeah our the the guy that i ga'd with was that he actually did that he is funny because the d coordinator was mike aldrich and he was the d coordinator for the storm and then mm-hmm. his ga linebacker ga was mark blackburn and that was his starting linebacker for the storm <laughs> yeah it's it's insane and, and i mean i loved it i mean my wife kind of sort of didn't like it because we had babies all in april so i i remember being late for an indoor game for you know for my my first kid and then my second kid we were in a away game and I was coaching Milwaukee and I'm like please don't have the and it was our boy it was our only boy and I'm like please don't come out before that please don't come out before that <laughs> and you know it's just been amazing how the kids have just came out before like big events <laughs> always works out that way doesn't it yeah I'm well, hey I'm, I'm very lucky I'm very fortunate does that change your reads when you when you go from that to um you know 11 man football as a quarterback uh, you know, with, with stuff I do and how I teach my quarterbacks and, you know, I, that's why I started writing books is, you know, I always, I was always taught a long time ago to just read one player. Right. And in indoor football, it's almost the same thing. Cause like, you know, uh, Brady's probably knows like the squat coverage and, you know, the man free or things like that. And the league I was in the second time around, they had to raise their hand if they were blitzing. Right. <laughs> you know, you know, the guy was, the guy was either coming or, and you were like, it's kind of like flag football people see nowadays in the NFL flag. I mean, if the guy's got his hand up, he's either coming or not coming. So you have a choice, and then they would either bring the guy down or that would be the open spot you'd always throw to. 
So I mean, like, as long as you're just reacting fast, you know, you're fine. If, if your reaction time is slow, then uh, yeah, you're, you're going to be in a big, tr big world of hurt too. Cause you know, once you scramble, you're done. And I, I learned my lesson the hard way. So then I just started sticking the ball over. I, I mean, I would jump over sometimes, literally jump over the sideline so I didn't get hurt anymore. <laughs> Coach, when you're, you guys are playing arena, could you guys have more than one guy in motion? Could like all three receivers or whoever be moving towards the, the line of scrimmage? I want to say my first year when I was player, we had two. Okay. And then when I, when I started coaching, I was like, oh, this stinks. We only get one. But, you know, it was some things like, you know, the rules, I don't know if they've changed the rules since then because, you know, how leagues have went away and stuff. Yeah. Sure. But, like, one guy could just light up the press corner and then you could just throw a screen to the other guy. You know what I mean? So, like, mechanics of footwork, like kicking that ball, I mean, you're, like I said before, you're just throwing it right away. So. How would you guys call plays in? Because I always thought that was pretty interesting, too. Do you guys like a number system? Was it a concept system? You know, and then how would you guys, you know, I, I imagine, I, I would imagine you wouldn't call like a certain motion. You're just kind of like, we knew we were going to get into three guys on one side or two. Oh, no, they called everything. Side. Did they do it? They called, yeah, they called every, like when I was a player, it was literally like, like you see with Sean Payton and then like, you know, Peyton Manning or whatever, they're like calling like 50 syllables. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it, it like with me, I was just like, oh, okay, got it. And then I would just tell the guys, like, because if, if I told the whole lot, if I told the whole seven guys or eight guys that were playing, if I told them the whole play, they would have no idea what's going on. So I would just say, like, X, Z orbit post. And then the, that guy would just, like, okay, stay. And then I would just go boom, boom, boom. But then I would say the whole the line I would just tell the things to. Even though I knew the whole play, if I didn't break it down, we were going to get a delay of game if that makes sense. When I, <laughs> when I became a coach, I did, I did a very basic. I just said, I said, guess what? We're just going to wristband all of you. It's going to be super simple. <laughs> and then I'll, I'll, say the, I'll say the formation and the play, and if I, put a, if I put a color on it, then it'll be a motion. And then it was, it was a lot more easier, I thought, at the time. Well, that's kind of how, how our quarterback had to do it in college. Yeah. Uh, it was like uh, he got the play in from the coordinator, then he signals. I don't know how they did it. It was pretty amazing. But they've got a signal to the receivers – and at the same time, they're telling the linemen what, what the linemen are supposed to be doing. So he's giving us a number all the while, giving the right side their, their concept and giving the left side of the receivers their concept. So uh, I always thought that was – you'd have to be a really good multitasker, be able to get all of that and, and not tell. And, you know, and you could tell the young quarterbacks because they were telling the line stuff that we didn't yep. need to know. And here's the other thing, too. You still have to go on a snap count. Mm -hmm. so people people think like you know football like when the higher level you go hopefully like youth coaches are not doing these plays like we're talking about but like in or middle school but like like when you get to the high school or college especially in the college level your your plays could be like that and you know the quarterbacks one they'll they're either going to be good in the head right and they're going to be able to fbi their football intelligence everywhere with everybody but you're pretty much the commander in chief out there, just like the linebacker is for the defense, you know, or, or like nowadays with the colleges, they have to have their safety be the, the, the commander in chief because we're all the different coverages now because the coverages and the play calls have all changed since I started play, stopped playing and I have no inkling of ever going back. So I'm good. So. Yeah. I always think it's, it's so amazing. I mean, literally, you know, the, to me, the best you, you teach, teach kids, you know, 
the basics of football and then you teach them how to compartmentalize it to where it's like you're, you're describing. There's so many times where, you know, the center's making, you know, two or three calls along the front just to let everyone know what to do or, mm-hmm. or you know, signaling to the QB or the QB's telling everyone else, you know, and everyone thinks, you know, oh, this offensive coordinator is, is, is t- making all these unbelievable plays. You know, I would say like in the NFL, you watch Brady and those guys, literally three quarters of the time, it, it's like a suggestion. And then he's changing the play or he's, he's changing up a, a tag on something or he's changing up the call or flipping the play to where it's like you just teach your kids, like you'd said, that, that football intelligence, and they go out, they get you out of bad plays, and, and they're just playing. Yeah, and, and like what I always say to my quarterbacks at, you know, wherever I coach, even when I'm coaching flag with my son, don't make a bad play into a worse play. You know, if a bad snap goes, fall on it. Or if it's third down, run out of bounds or do this, you know. And if you guys think about this, right, we talk about Brady and, you know, Josh McDaniels, right? But do we ever ask, or does anybody ever ask the question, Peyton Manning, who is his offense coordinator? Does anybody even know that answer? Was it Tom Moore? <laughs> I don't know. That's what I'm asking you guys. <laughs> and John Elway, was. Who was John Elway's? Uh, who, uh, who knows? Yeah, and who was Joe Montana's? I mean, you could say Bill Walsh, right? But yeah. at the end of the day, no one ever said offensive coordinators. You know, like, you know, Randall Cunningham. I mean, uh, you know, uh, Steve Young, right, had George Seifert and Bill, and Bill Walsh. But who was the OCs? You know, and so the quarterbacks, the centers, you know, some players will make those coaches better. And with, with what I try to do, and I'm still in, in confidence in my, my quarterbacks, is listen, it's your show. And, you know, and I don't know if you guys say this as coaches, but, you know, when we, when we do high school football, we're doing high school football, Friday, right after the game, we're all happy, right? We win and we had a great season this year. Or we, we lose our one game. We lose two games only. And right after the game, if we win and we're still going on, I'm already looking at next week's opponent or I'm filling in the, the data for this week to fix what we have to fix for next week, right? And the biggest thing I tell the guys is come Thursday for walkthrough, if I'm still coaching you, I, I didn't do my job, I said. Mm-hmm. To my yeah. quarterbacks, because all the hay has to be in the barn by Thursday if Friday is the game. You know, we can't say, oh, let's run this now. Because Saturday night, I'm mean, sorry, Friday nights, all day Saturday, Sunday, and then Monday's the work day where we, we start showing everything. And then Tuesday, Wednesday is like the hitting part where we're doing everything. It's all got to be put in then, you know, and either, you know, messaging them on huddle or messaging however. It, they just need to understand, like, because I don't know if you guys ever say this. I can't play this game anymore. And I, I might be able to at 40, but I just choose not to because I'm not going to get hit anymore. I'm done with that. <laughs> I got hit way enough in indoor, outdoor, whatever. But I always tell my quarterbacks, just trust me. You'll see it and you'll be like, holy crap, you know? And, and they're like amazed by what are the things they are. And I like it when they just take charge. And let's say if the coach gives them a play, I don't know if you guys ever had this issue. And I've had it numerous times. Our head, co- our, our offense coordinator for our team will get, will put a play in, and it'll it'll be wrong. So the quarterback will just either flip it or just change the motion if that makes sense, because mm-hmm. he's not going to call the wrong play if that makes sense. So we did that one time where he couldn't get the play, so he always reverts back to what we're good at. So we go jet sweep, and we did that in the I think it was the first week of the playoffs, and he couldn't <laughs> get the play from the coach because it was so loud. So I'm up in the box and I'm thinking, oh, just run the jet sweep, just run the jet sweep. And he went to jet sweep, and we scored a touchdown on it. And then the head coach was like, what did he just do? And I'm like, well, that's just him being him. 
And he's like, oh, okay, well, that's a great call. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, I mean, as long as, as long as they're like ready to go and then you got to put them in pressure situations too. I don't know if you guys realize that yeah. as a quarterback in high school and college, I'll test them. So like, I'll give them homework. I'll say, Hey, you watch film, even though I already have all the numbers of who we're going against and what we're doing and who, who we can exploit and all this stuff, you know, or did the guy get hurt or things like that? I ask them to make the notes even though I already have the notes ready for them, if that makes sense. Because then I know how, how passionate they're going to be about the team and leading the charge, if that makes sense. Coach, do you – this is always one that I wonder about now, especially with, you know, technology being on the sideline and you have, you know, a couple angles for the game. Do you spend a lot of time, you know, rehashing, like, mistakes that your quarterback makes? Like, even if it's between series. I know you're probably in the box, so it makes it hard. Yeah, I'm always in the box, yeah. So maybe like at, at halftime, do you spend any time like rehashing some of those things or are you just like, you know what, hey, we're, we're not running that play again, so don't worry about it or we'll fix it later. We got, we got these plays that you feel comfortable with, so let's move through this moving forward. Here's a couple adjustments I saw. Or, or are you really like, hey, there's, these are things we got to correct. How do you kind of go about that? Because I've always been a fan of like, you know, when, when things happen, why, why am I living in the past with this kid? He's got a whole other half or he's got another drive you know, let's move forward with it. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. The past is in the past at the end of the day, right? Yep. Like you just said. I mean, the biggest thing what I do is, and I, I really am, I don't know if I'm fortunate for the last couple of years. You know, I had one quarterback. He broke records the first year I was at Boylan, and then he went to Air Force, played basketball. And then the following year, the the, the guy that's like hardly ever played, he, he set up the completion percentage record. And then this past year, we had two quarterback system just like last year, and they both did great, right? And I always say try to get over 60% completion percentage, right? Mm -hmm. But I don't tell them to put it in their head if that makes sense. But I'm very fortunate at times in the game, like at half or something, they come sort me out if that makes sense. You know, and they say, what do you see? Or they'll say, hey, I see this, I see that, if that makes sense. So I already have, since like once the season will start, like say our season has already started for next season, we'll keep in contact through email or huddle or things like that. And we'll just talk X's and O's or, you know, use a go army edge app and things like that um, and do things. So when the game is in the game, we like, and I, I don't know if that makes sense, but <laughs> like when the game's going on at halftime, right when we're done, we go, I go to them and then I say, Hey, what do you think? You know? And then, you know, with the two quarterback system, they would say, you know, one would was good at this and one was good at this. So they would all like intermix. Right. But like, we would, we would, he would tell me what they would see, those two. And then I would just go, okay, yeah, great. Let's do this. And I would say, listen, I've already told our head coach, we're going to go this way, this way, this way. Are you guys comfortable? Because I know you are good at this and you're good at this. Boom, boom, boom. And they're like, let's rock and roll. You know, and I think it's, it's, it's like a challenge too. And when you have a two quarterback system, you know, if they can get along, I don't know if you guys ever seen that, but sometimes they don't get along. At the end of the day, I always say in Illinois football, it's going to change soon, but you just need five wins. Let's get five wins, and then we can worry about what's going on afterwards, if that makes sense. Yeah. So every time we'd get done with a game, we'd say, hey, that's one, that's two, that's three. And we were very fortunate, you know, right away we got our, in the playoffs, and then we wanted to expand. Let's get our sixth one. Let's get our seventh one. And then we, got, we were able to get ten wins, you know, and, you know, making the Elite Eight was pretty awesome this year. And I felt bad because, you know, we lost on a field goal with no time on the clock, you know. And it was one of those things that was – they weren't used to the cold weather, even though, you know, I don't know if you guys do this, but I tell my quarterbacks on pregame, pregame or in on Thursdays when you go just helmets, they always have to have their shoulder pads on. 
If you go seven on, if you go play seven on seven somewhere, and they allow it, you wear your shoulder pads because you throw footballs with your shoulder pads and helmet on. If that makes sense, guys, you never do it with nothing on. So just getting used to what you're doing. If you're going to wear rib pads, you wear rib pads during that time. You always look the same. Also, I tell them. So if you're going to wear something during the week, wear it all week. If that makes sense. Don't come loaded up with like sweatshirts, hoodies on the game day because then it's going to throw off everything you do. So, I mean, the guys were really great the last couple of years I've had. And, you know, I got the one returning this year and, you know, I, I, they're, they're really good and they, they like to learn and they have the, I think they have the FBI and I try to teach them everything that I, that I've ever learned, you know, and, you know, I think they, they really appreciate that in the end of the day. Yeah, this is at Broken Arrow. This is the first year that we we have I've ever seen a two quarterback system, and uh, at least around our area in Oklahoma, and uh, it actually really worked out for us this year. Uh, I was always kind of a not an opponent necessarily of it, but I've always kind of thought, you know, we see the NFL or college. You just kind of I've always had the opinion that it really doesn't work. You kind of need to have one quarterback, and he's the guy. And and I was completely wrong about that this year. We had two. Uh, they both, they were both very different, uh, and and we didn't change the offense necessarily. But obviously, there was there was one, you know, a guy that was built for uh, this type of our part of our offense. There's another mm-hmm. guy that was built for a different part of our offense, and and uh, our offense coordinator used both of those guys really, really well. And uh, they were good enough leaders, and like you said, they got along well enough. Um, I think probably also fairly lucky that we won. We didn't have any. Losing games, we weren't down by much in, in any of our games, so there was never that um, even that divisive thing that could have happened. Uh, mm-hmm. They were they're pretty well on each other's teams, and and it ended up working out really really well for us. And gave almost gave defenses uh, two separate offenses to to prepare for, even though to us it was all it was all the same thing. And we had I don't know if you guys had this. We had a lefty and a righty. So oh, we did not have that. Yeah, we had that. So that was really good. And, you know, I, that was the first, I, I'm a lefty and that was the first time I ever coached a lefty. Hmm. And it was very, it was very comforting for me. Cause then I could just teach them what I knew. Right. And like you said, I don't know if you guys did this, but two, uh, two years ago when we had two quarter, we had a minimum of two quarterback system kind of, we'd go like a kind of a series this year we went every play. So they ran in the plays in just so we could do more if that makes sense. Huh. And that's why, like, when I tell you, like, like we if we didn't have long plays but we had we had a bigger playbook this year just because we had two and we had one that could run one that could throw the one that sometimes the other the one that could run could throw two they someone would be hot and cold if there was a, a certain game situation i would say hey put him in here and put him in here if that makes sense because some guys understand like when the when the when the when you're when you're real close to the end of the game i would want the older guy in if that makes sense when we want to shock something and do something great, put the younger guy in, you know, so, and maybe like run this play with that guy. And then I don't know if you guys did this at Broken Arrow, but how I did it, and I was very fortunate as a quarterback's coach, I, all I did was coach quarterbacks and fix stuff. So we would do competitions all the time. So it was great because then they would work on like trying to beat each other and trying to get better. If that makes sense. And then they would call me out and then that would be, then they would both be, you know, running. So it didn't matter there you know so <laughs> yeah yeah well uh we we didn't we didn't do it every every other play that would have been um that'd be pretty pretty wild not wild but it would have been uh different to see uh but we did like you said uh there was definitely our coordinator put him in at, at different parts of the game 
in uh, in different times that you know d- different goal line packages. If we wanted to be able to be under center um, with a little more threat of a pass, we put our our you know our throwing quarterback, if you will, and then uh, we also had a guy that was six uh, five and two hundred and thirty pounds that ran really fast. And and if we wanted Jeez. to have our goal line package or, or whatever, and we needed to run the ball, but we wanted to get some guys out of the box, uh, we could put him in and, and do those same things. Uh, we could call our same runs, tag that with uh, with Q, which meant quarterback, you're doing it, and um, and kept it very very simple for everybody else, uh, but gave a lot of different looks to our to our uh, uh, defensive guys that are looking at us. Mm-hmm. So it ended up being really good for us and, and uh, worked out really well uh, for us in, in the playoffs. So I've kind of changed my tune, especially if you got two really good ones. Um, I was all for it. Let's, let's roll. Yeah, let's roll with it and don't stop. It's amazing. Hey, Coach, when, when, you, sure. were, uh, when you were coaching, you said you did some, some international coaching. What were some of the places uh, you coached and, and some of the experience you had? Uh, uh, I was interested in that too. Yeah, I coached uh, – my first experience was 2010. I coached the first ever women's tackle team for USA football. I know it's like people are like, oh, you know, like, is it real football? I'm like, yeah, it was real football. <laughs> uh, we, did, we did Sweden, and I was a D coordinator. And to this day, it's still a record in all national teams. We won 201 to zero in three games. three games. Yeah, yeah. We didn't, we, didn't, we didn't play around. And – how I told the ladies is like this. I'm like, I'm Coach Stone, and I'm a jerk, but I didn't say jerk. I said another word. I said, listen, we're going to go in, and we're just going to take it from them. And I literally – it's funny because back in 2010, that was the first year it ever happened, and Coach Konecki was our offensive coordinator and head coach. And it was really funny. We did it with three coaches. We did it with three coaches. It's pretty insane with, like, the 50-lady the 50 50 roster we had. Oh, I'm sorry, 45-lady roster. And we literally – I ran an odd front defense, like a 50, old school 50 front, right? And then I ran a, a, a 4-4. And I think no one ever saw that 50 front ever. And then since then, now teams are going like, you know, stack and things like that in international. But it was just something where I was like, you know, we're just going to go after it. Boom, boom, boom. We gave up one or one red zone visit to hold, in the whole three games. <laughs> um, you know, I think we would have beat Canada. We were up 56-0 at Canada at, at halftime in the in – the, in the, um, what you call it in the first half in the, in the gold medal game. And what's funny is after like, I am like, you know, I don't like to run the score up. I would like ask when we were start beating teams, I'm like, Hey, can we get a running clock? And they, they said, no, now they did in women's internationals. Cause two years ago, I think it's two years ago. Cause it feels like a, a long time. I was the uh, assistant head coach defense coordinator for the women's Australia team. So we went down to Australia and coached that team with Jen Walter. And we did good for never playing Levens. They did a pretty good job, you know. Um, I also was in South Korea coaching, doing a football camp. I did a, a, a week-long camp in Germany, a youth mm. football, uh, high school football camp. Um, let's see, where else have I been? Uh, Germany, South Korea, uh, United Kingdom. I was the one that brought in the uh, – Mike Haynes and myself were the ones that brought in the Heads Up program for what they're using now for levels for coaching. Uh, it was very, it was very nice of Mike trusting me to bring a team over and, you know, doing the UK and I did a bunch of kid camps there. So, uh, you know, I, that, I've been to Australia, United Kingdom, Germany, Sweden, and South Korea. Those are the ones I've been, oh, and Canada for, you know, for the, uh, international games for the Australian games. So when you guys went to Germany, are, are you like, are you helping like <clears throat> German kids play football or are you going to like an American base 
And it was an American base. It was okay. an American base, and we had a bunch of – it was uh, – I want to say it's 2013. I want to say it was 2013, and it was awesome. I mean, we did it on a base in Anbach, Germany. Um, I still, I'm still in touch with those guys. I, I told them I always want to come back and do a camp for them. And uh, we did it for like a week, like four or five days. And I wanted to say like, they still, they have the YouTube video. I showed a couple guys like just recently, cause we were talking about going back there and uh, it, it was pretty insane. Like, I mean, some people think like, you know, when you put on football camps overseas or when you put it on like what, what, what I do with my company, they think it's easy. Right. But until you try it, it's extremely hard, especially with the language barrier overseas. Sure. Like I would like when I was in South Korea, I asked for an interpreter right away when I was coaching receivers and quarterbacks because then I would do my thing and I would say it and then they would speak it and then boom, boom, boom. And then how I did it, and I do this all the time, I, I like I say, hey, uh, tell them I'm going to shave their head ball that they don't listen. And they, they say it and they all chuckle. I'm like, okay, great. We're all on the same. I go, we're all on the same page now. And they all start laughing. And I'm like, guys, I'm just kidding. I wouldn't do, make you look like me because, you know, bald guys are kind of good looking though. So, uh, uh, but the kids like it. And I mean, it was great. I mean, I want to say the Germany camp, we had 1600 kids. Jeez. That first, that first one we did. And then the uh, South Korea one, I wanted to say we had 130, you know, and it's a lot of moving pieces, you know, and I think, you know, my, I, I want to thank my wife for, you know, talking me into, you know, making a business that makes sense. Cause my camps and my books, it wasn't for her. And you guys know this, wasn't for your significant, the boss in the family, some of the stuff I've done wouldn't be possible without her, you know? So yeah, I mean, that's, it's insane. One of the, uh, one of the best, one of the best, uh, probably the best offensive lineman to ever go through the university of Houston. He was a, a kid from Germany. So they, they came and they plucked him out of Germany and uh, they were talking him up, I guess. And he, mm-hmm. he, he comes into Houston and he's whatever, like six, eight, something ridiculous, but he's only, I think a hundred, uh, 200 and like, 30 pounds and so everyone's mad and then by the, yep. end of the time that he's there in houston he, he ends up getting to 300 pounds and and uh ended up going and playing for the patriots like a second or third round pick and and uh won a few super bowls with them so uh it was a it was a we, we knew a little bit about germany as far as uh you know grabbing some kids from over there and and uh making those kids and you know those kids growing into some really good football players so uh, some been some really good football players from all around and then I had just heard and I don't know anything about it but was talking to um, someone about about some of their football I can't remember what they were selling but they were telling me about Aussie rules uh, oh my gosh it's awesome and I had never awesome. heard of that I'd heard of rugby so great and I heard of no, football awesome. never Aussie football and he was explaining it to me and it sounded really cool you know what you gotta do is you guys got an Xbox one I don't know if they have it for PS4 but I know they have it on Xbox One. One of my buddies from Australia, Coach Jenks, he was the quarterback's coach for our national team with Jen and John. And uh, he brought he came to visit America, and he was amazed how, like, we are and stuff. And he did the fast food challenge. I don't know if you guys ever heard that, where you go to four different places. Because I have five kids, right? Mm-hmm. So when we, go, when we go out to fast food after coaching or something or after done with practice, you can't just stop at, like, Burger King. You got to stop at Burger King, Taco Bell mcdonald's no man because the kids the kids don't eat the same right <laughs> so i i take coach jenks out and he does the fast food challenge he did bird king taco bell and arby's and he said he was good for a couple of days but he brought me that australian football video oh, game and we play that I, my son and i love playing that game it's huh. awesome you got to get it it's like afl and it's got the you got the poles up in the back right it's the oval 
It's the oval uh, field. It's gigantic. It's pretty amazing. Hmm. I just remember that the, the referees, like when the guys would kick it between them, I don't know what they call it. Is it still a try or whatever? I mean, it's almost yeah, like a try. goal. And they had the, yeah. the old school officials. I remember watching when I was younger, and they, he was wearing like a cowboy hat. And he'd just it's come amazing. walking out. And all he'd do is like, he'd do like the Shooter McGavin double pistols. That means he made it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, all right, this is a cool sport. So that's like you know, the only thing I remember from it other than guys just getting smoked. You know, talking about overseas, right, with all these recruits and, you know, things like that. The one thing you guys should do in this podcast here today and, you know, when you do this is just tell the guys, like, don't pay people in Australia to get you exposure. Don't pay people in Germany to get you exposure over there. Just have, just start sending questionnaires out to people, you know, send them to you guys, run the podcast and like, you know, just, you know, start thinking those out. I, I, I think it's hilarious how we have all these things. Like for example, huddle, right guys? Yep. If you have huddle, you can send your film anywhere. And when I was younger, I remember when I was like 16, 17, getting looked at division ones, people are like, Oh, work with this program, work with this scouting, work with this scouting group. Well, I mean, with technology now, you don't need that anymore. You know, and then what, I mean, like you're putting all this money in, what happens if you don't make it? Where did all your money go? Unless a, a scouting program is going to guarantee you this, this, and this, you know, I don't know. I just, that's my personal opinion. I don't mean to be rude to those places, but I mean, <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Yeah, sure. And, uh, it, it, we had a coach from Hawaii and, and I know they were big, uh, they big were recruiting in, uh, he, he broke it down. I don't remember it now, and I think I'm going to be rude if I say too much about it, but uh, there was a difference in the island of Samoa and um, America Samoa and the not yeah. American Samoa, and, and he had it all broken down, obviously, because he was recruiting out of Hawaii, but um, he, you know, he said that it was a, a hotbed over there, and, and uh, like you said, it's just, there's, there's a bunch of really good players, and, and it's such an easy way now. Um, it's so easy with with technology now to get your film out there and to get it to people uh you, you know does that make sense yeah it makes perfect sense here's the thing too anybody listening to this podcast as a college coach if you need a punter go to australia trust me they all know how to punt i've been there i was there for 10 days they, every single person <laughs> i know knows how to punt and they can punt it further than nfl punters right now i'm not lying to you you know that's the guy and, at houston right now he's like 28 years old as a sophomore they they got him out of australia yeah I mean, think about the guy that was – you guys remember the guy that was just drafted this past year from – was it Philadelphia? Remember the Eagles lineman? He was a punter. He wasn't a lineman. He was a punter. Oh, really? Yeah, he was a punter. But they drafted him as an offensive lineman because he was like 6'6", six, six, like 3-something. <laughs> but he could punt them. I mean, it's like the AFL, the rugby. Like, uh, we had – we. I was very fortunate. I got the uh, junior – the Australian junior outback team came up to Rockford to practice right before they went to Mexico this summer. And they came, they came to a practice of one of my flag football practices because we came on the college because the college allowed it. And I kid you not, afterwards, they're all punting the football. They're literally punting it from one end of the soccer field all the way to the other. <laughs> and I mean, and then, uh, you know, Coach Kerr is teaching me how to do that rugby-style kick. And I'm just like, dude, I got to put this in a book eventually. You know, I didn't put it in my, my special teams book, but I'm like, if I ever write another book, that's going in there because – when he taught me how to do it, it just went 20 yards farther, you know. I think, that, I think that's going to be my, my, next, uh, my next title that I have because I've, I've been RPO coordinator and I usually have a different run play that I'm a coordinator of every week. I think now I'm going to be a rugby punting coordinator. 
<laughs> go for it. Coach, what you, you talked about, you know, some of your books. What was the first time that you decided, hey, I think I can write a book? You know, as as, oh a, as a football guy, and, you know, that's such a daunting task, I think. And especially, you know, we're, we were just a couple of football coaches that uh, we made a couple blogs, and then we said, yeah, screw it, let's try a podcast. And then it kind of took off a little bit, um, relatively. But, you know, then you look at a book, you're like, golly, as a football guy, where does that even start? And it's exciting to think about, but uh, I'm sure a huge task when you first finally made that decision or, or I'm sure to toiled over it for years or, or whatever that was. But how'd that come about? And, and you finally decide, yeah, you know what? I think I can do this. Hey, I, you know, well, well, the one thing too is I forgot to tell you when we first started, hey, thanks for letting me have you being on, my, being on your show. I appreciate that, guys. Absolutely. Um, uh, but I would say with the book thing, it was, it was, it was one of those things where like everywhere I went, I wanted to be really good. Right. And, you know, I, I've been, you know, all over and I'm not like saying I've been here, I've been there, I've been, but I'm saying at different levels and every level's different. Right. And, you know, I think, you know, when I, when I first was, when I went back my second time as a college coach, when I was a linebackers coach and special teams coordinator at Boy college, they started doing manuals. Right. So I started building stuff, building stuff, building stuff. Eventually, when I got done with everything and then I stopped working for USA Football and my wife says, hey, you need to start a company, you know, because this is a need and they're not doing it anymore. So what happened was I did a, pod, I did a podcast like this one and the guy said, you know, it was, it was a, one up in Canada and he says, you know, you should write a book. And I wrote one of my PE books. But at the time, I had all these other things for football. So, you know, I'm like, again, I'm a, you know, my wife, my lovely wife and my kids, my wife goes, why don't you write a football book? So then once I get done with my big four for PE book, I started writing my football book and I had all this stuff, all my notes that I kept. And the one thing my wife loved a ton, and I don't know if you have it, Rowdy or Brady, but I have a walk-in closet that's all playbooks and drills that I wrote up and made. Once I got these books done, I threw it all away because I didn't need it anymore. And hmm. the only reason I wrote more than one football book is because at the time when I was self-publishing the second time around, not the first time, because with my PE book, I, I went through a publishing company and it just, you know, it just wasn't worth the, the money and, you know, put all the money ahead of it and all this. So when I went self-publish, the, the first book I wrote, I couldn't write enough pages because they said you can only write 600 pages. <laughs> so... So then my wife's like, well, why don't you just write volumes? So I wrote one big book with all the stuff in it. It's got offense, defense, you know, special teams. It's got some past blogs I wrote. It's got like learning triangles, things and shapes I've done and used to teach kids how to play football better. And then my volumes go in more depth of from the, the, the green book is the big one. And then it goes into more depth in the next four volumes and then my volume five flag football because coaches were like, well, you should write a flag football book. And I have all this stuff in the closet again. So my wife's like, great. we got more space for more stuff to go. Cause with five kids and all the toys, it's ridiculous, man. <laughs> There's no doubt. Did you ever think about going like, um, not going hardback or, or paperback going, uh, you know, purely just, uh, ebook or, or even an audio version? What I did was the first time I did with my big four, my big four is available everywhere. My PE book and why I created it was because it's something I, I invented and it's something for like schools for three through 12. 
and you can like it's playing the best four sports besides football, right? Because in in P class, you hardly could ever play football because every time the boys wanted to play tackle, right? Right. So basketball, hockey, volleyball, and soccer. And with hockey, I have the kids dress up in the full gear, like for goalies. And we do it at our my school, and and the kids love it. And and like it's great because we have the Rockford Ice Hogs, and we're going to get the the mascot coming to our championship game this year, and it's going to be amazing. And it's a great time, and the kids love it. And you know, to make a long story short, with that book. It does a great job with the football books. I mean, it's just insane where it, I don't know how to say it. It's just like, it's over 1300 pages right now, guys. It's, I mean, that's, and that's hundred over 200 drills. If you think about it, cause I just made a list of how many drills. Cause I go to my wife and go, we should see how many drills are in each book. And then I, I was, it's insane. How many are in each one? Like the big, the big green one that a lot of people don't know about is over a hundred drills of offense, defense, special teams, tackling, and turnovers, and special teams. Oh, I said special teams, yeah, but it's pretty insane. Yeah, that, that's um, that I would assume just a daunting task. But like you said, if it's it's just the stuff that you had, you had it already in your closet, um, yes. stuff that you had already created, but it was just kind of sitting there, and you found a way to um, you know, add it together, and, and as you stated, you know, save some space in the closet which yeah. I think everyone needs. I'm about to have to throw away half of my kids' uh, Christmas presents because they got too many. <laughs> Just do it. Buy a shed. Buy a shed. You're fine. That's what I did. <laughs> my, my favorite is, is then, and I'm going to make people feel bad, and we've had to do it before, but is, is then people have to go buy storage units, and they're spending, you know, whatever that is, uh, a month to store their storage outside of their house. I yeah. think you might just need to get rid of some stuff. But <laughs> anyways. Uh, no, that's that's exciting. And then you you also talk about your company. What does your company do? Because that's a, that's interesting and something you don't hear a, a football coach talk about a whole lot. Yeah. So like with the company, I mean, like how that came about. Like I said before, my wife just said, you know, what happened was when I, when 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 USA Football decided to part ways with me, like programs were calling me to say, hey, you know, we want you to do our our you know programs and this and that. And I said, well, you know, I'm no part of a company, even though what's funny is I'm one of the few guys that coach for, for teams that are certified, right? The heads up certification. And I, I did not coach for a team until they became heads up certified. And then with my camps, what I do is, you know, it's, it's building the kids confidence up because, you know, it's teaching kids, you know, it's good to have fun, you know, play around, you know, learn how to tackle properly things like that, not using terminology from the other company I was working with, but using different things. For example, like in my book, and the one thing I do when I do a mom's clinic at places I go to is, you know, I talk about the learning triangle. I don't know if you guys ever seen that though. Mm -hmm. um, but the top of the pyramid, it's funny because the triangle I got from uh, Boss Baby, right? I'm watching, <laughs> I'm watching it with my kids because I always had, yeah. them, I always had it, I always had it one, two, and three, right? I always had, I always had positions, gaps and holes, and I always had line, line techniques and linebacker techniques. And then I had a little arrow and it said, that's how you teach running and passing. So after watching boss baby, I'm like looking at the triangle and I'm like, Holy cow, that's, that's my learning triangle. And then, I mean, I know it's like one of those things that's like, you know, just popped in your head, but you know, that's the one thing I would teach kids at a young age, old age or whatever. If you teach them all this stuff, you know, then you know how they know how to run and pass or defend it. Because, you know, you were talking about RPOs earlier, Coach. You know, sometimes you have to know the line techniques. 
So if the kids don't know line techniques at a young age, they eventually got to learn them, if that makes sense. You know, by, at the older age, they'll know their positions. They should know the gaps and holes. Some coaches don't even use holes anymore, right? They just use gaps. They don't say run through the 24 hole. They'll just say, hey, run counter right, you know. So, I mean, with the company that I use, I mean, I pretty much do with Coach Stone Football. It's www.coachstonefootball.com, you know, and you can contact me for stuff. But we do kids camps. I do flag camps. I do tackle camps. I'll do an O-line camp, you know, and I use stuff from my book and stuff that I didn't put in my book. And this is the thing when you, when coach, when you wrote a book coach, you don't put everything in the book because then someone could just reinvent the wheel and do it themselves. If that makes sense. So, you know, just doing that stuff, mom's clinics, you know, doing an X and O's clinics for coaches, you know, doing a thing about communication with parents, you know, I mean, my company is pretty much designed to, it's like build your own camp, if that makes sense. And then I would bring a team in of what I would see fit of the numbers of whatever you have, if that makes sense. So you'd bring in a, a number of coaches for the, the number of players you have or the number of people that signed up to, to help out, right? Keep the, yeah. keep the Correct. ratio of campers to, to coaches at whatever you needed it to be. Yes, and here's the thing, too. It's not like, like some coaches don't like it because, like, you know, you're coming in and you're thinking those coaches can't coach. It's not that. It's just it's helping them to do different things, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And when you're specializing a camp, every camp I do is different. If I'm going to Elko, if I'm going to Michigan City, if I'm going to St. Anne's, if I'm going to New York, if I'm going anywhere, right, it's always a different camp. There's like no camp that it's ever been the same, if that makes sense. And I don't want – and then I have the coaches help too. And the cool thing with my camps is I don't charge at my camps. The organizations charge. So they bring me in, and then they can charge whatever they want, if that makes sense. So where some people will have camps where they charge 50 bucks a kid, it's, it's not about that. It's about our future, if that makes sense. And it's a game I love. And if it wasn't for football, I wouldn't have met my wife. I wouldn't have had kids. And before even that, I wouldn't have had a college education, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's exactly right. And it, and it uh, has done so much for so many uh, young men and, and now men that it's a great, obviously, uh, we coach at high school, so it's something we truly believe in, and it's something that we talk about on the podcast and through our videos and, and all that. And so um, it's definitely something that, that we think is a huge benefit uh, to, to young men across the United States. Uh, I, I would assume everywhere, but at least where we are right now is, is across the United States. And, you know, people say about participation numbers, right? Like, I have yet to see a new one. Like, I remember when I, you know, years ago, they said, oh, participation numbers are up. But I don't know about you guys, but all I hear now is flag football numbers are up. No one really talks about tackle football. Does that make sense? And when I played, when I played, I remember people, and I've stated in my book, I mean, if, if a guy got a question wrong, they were running. You guys remember those days, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, but yeah. When, the kid, when the kid came back, let me ask you a question. Did he know what he did wrong or did he run again? He ran again. You know, with, with the camps I do, you know, I teach the coaches, like, you know, do different things. Just because it happened to us when we were younger doesn't mean it's a good thing. And back then, I don't know if you guys remember this, how many kids quit football back in the day? Didn't seem to be nearly as many. No, there was like hardly none. I remember a kid, like I, I think his name was Matthew and Our Lady of Loretto back in hometown Illinois. 
that kid must have ran from from light till dark because he'd always get the thing wrong. But he never quit. I don't know whatever he did with you know. I, I maybe I don't know if his name was Matthew, maybe Ryan. I forgot. But I didn't know his name because he always ran. But he always <laughs> he never quit. That whole season he never quit. If we did that nowadays to this youth pro, these youth kids, what would happen? You would, you would be coaching, you'd be coaching your son's kid, and that's it. Yeah, there's no doubt. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, so I mean, like, so with my camps, you know, and I, I talk about it in all my books. You know, laying the foundation, instilling confidence by laying the foundation one drill at a time. That's what you have to do. You know, and you know, I mean, if you're that coach or that league that wants a camp. Just go to my website. You know, I'm doing a plug right now. You know, coachstonefootball.com. And, you know, just call me and I can get you I can get you started. You know, and there are some places that have called me and say, well, you know, we got this and our budget's like this. And I said, that's fine. We'll, we'll make it work. You know, and, you know, that's how, that's how it is with me. Because at the end of the day, these are our future. And I, I want to see this. When I'm old and gray, I want to see football on the field. You know, I want to see it on TV. And we have all these new leagues sprouting up, the Alliance League, the xfl i mean they got these football players have to go somewhere if that makes sense yeah there's no doubt and and i i'm in a lucky state i think right now in oklahoma and and i maybe i don't run into what everyone else is running into but uh we haven't seen numbers really fall down at least not at the high school level so uh we we've been lucky so far maybe that's coming down the pipeline but um at least around the high schools around our area we've been we've been pretty lucky with numbers and so it's definitely still very important in our community and with our young men and with their, uh, with their families. So we've been lucky, uh, at least around this area. But, uh, uh, Coach, we're coming up on an hour, and, and the, the question I always like to ask at the very end is, is when you're watching another team's offensive line, uh, what's some things they'd be doing that would uh, make you impressed with their offensive line, Coach? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, with that, with that question, I mean, if if what impresses me when I'm watching, if I'm watching it, if I'm if I'm coaching defense, you know, because as an offensive coach, I hardly ever do it. Last couple of years, I don't watch the defense at all. I don't watch your offense at all. But if I ever do get a chance, or when I do coach defense, just the explosion. If they're low to the ground and they're pushing people back, and those D linemen are on roller skates, no matter how good the other co- D line coach is, that's pretty scary and intimidating, you know. And I don't know if you guys realize this. But if you notice the last two playoff games we had in, in the NFL, how many times did you guys see two backs? There was a lot of two-back situations. And the Patriots were one of them, right? They were yeah. – the linemen were just down blocking, you know, leading or things like that. And, I mean, that's pretty impressive. The explosion off the ball is good. And keeping their hands in because we all know offensive linemen don't hold. So, Ever. you know. That's exactly no, they, right. No, they never do. I mean, unless they're caught, it's the only way they caught from holding. You know, so I mean, that's what I would say. Just the explosion of getting off the ball, you know, staying low, and just you know, just controlling the line of scrimmage. That's what's very scary for me. All right, Coach. Well, man, we appreciate you coming on. It's it's been a blast, and uh, wish you the best of luck with all the stuff you got going on. Sounds like you're a, you're a busy man. Yeah, I just can I, if uh, you don't mind, I'd like to give a, a shout out to everybody. If you guys want to. Uh, I'll be speaking at the Glazier Clinic in Chicago, Illinois, uh, second week of February. So if you guys want to come down and X and O, I'd be love to have anybody that's listening to this that are in the Chicagoland area. And then if you guys want to follow me on Twitter, uh, it's Coach Stone MT. Just Google that, uh, search that, and you'll find me. So, and I appreciate you guys for having me on your podcast, guys. 
And that's going to do it for this episode of RTP. We want to again thank all of our sponsors. You guys, make sure and go check them out. Help grow our community by telling other coaches about Run the Power. And if you enjoy Running the Power, go get your shirt, long sleeve, or hoodie at runthepower.com. Also, if you have any topics or any questions you would like for us to discuss in the next podcast, simply rate our podcast and then leave a comment in the writer review section of the podcast app. This will help our podcast rating as well as it allow us to answer the questions you all want answered. Make sure and go check out our blog at runthepower.com. Follow me on Twitter at Harper underscore Coach and Coach Walls at Coach Brady Walls. Run the Power now also has its own Twitter and Instagram, and you can find that at Run the Power. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Talk to you soon.